I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger, and we ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and joining me is the man who I've slowly been using to edge Nick out of my life for years, and with so many repeat performances, I'm just getting ever closer. It's Phil Rude. Phil, hello. We all know that Nick is really just your manservant, and that will be my role uh, once he's out of the picture. So, uh, Yeah, I need someone uh, more young and spry than Nick. That's why I picked you. You are going the wrong direction, my friend. Uh, actually, <laughs> uh, a quick, quick programming note. Normally, uh, this is episode 30, so normally the 10s are... Uh, when it's just myself and Nick and we go back and forth picking something to discuss, just the two of us, uh, just due to life right now, we were unable to do that for this 30th episode, but Nick and I will have a solo episode, just the two of us in a couple of weeks discussing uh, an Animorphs book. So look forward to that. But since this is a typical episode, that means we have a guest and that guest is a good friend of mine the host of the new Socially Plagued Pod and recent K-pop stan. It is May Healy. May, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much. I'm, ex- I'm excited to, to do this, I think. Maybe. I might have some regrets. Well, well you wouldn't be the first oh. guest. so Yeah. I mean, we'll cross that bridge. I mean, once we get to it, because it is a when, not if situation, I'm assuming. Well, I really appreciate the, uh, the real positive energy you've brought. I, I feel just, like we should say thanks. Yeah. For being yeah. There. No, I am. I'm actually very, very excited. Um, big fan. I've been listening since day one because I feel like I'm obligated to because we've been friends for so long. But you know that doesn't mean I don't genuinely enjoy it. Well, thank you. And yeah. uh, for for people who probably don't know socially plagued pod or might not know socially plagued pod, what is that all about? Sure. So it is um, a podcast my friend and I thought of, my friend Mary-Kate and I, we basically wanted a place to talk about the things that plague us, whether it is literal or metaphorical. A majority of the time it's metaphorical. We, it's basically a podcast where we can bitch together oh. and you can come and bitch with us. Nice. And there's so, a regular cool. update about my, you know, dishwasher. That's that's extremely important to the podcast. Um, spoiler alert, I don't have a dishwasher. Um, you know, it's just, it's a place we just come be friends with us. It's a, it's a friends hangout podcast, but, um, we try and keep it light and chill. And I assume one of you is a Pharaoh and, uh, your adopted brother has returned asking to free their people. And now you're just, you're dealing with all sorts of plagues, right? Is that the impetus? Yeah. So essentially it's a lot of us smearing blood over doors when we're not on the podcast itself. Um, a lot of screaming, let my people go, which, which not a lot of people enjoy me doing, but, um, it's gotta be done. You you gotta get the metal heads on board. You've got to, I mean, how do you get to that demographic? If you're not smearing blood and screaming, tell me. (laughs) That's the people we're going for here on this podcast, (laughs) which is why I I can tell, which is why we're discussing this week. May's pick of the big green. The most metal movie on the face of the earth. Yes. So hardcore. So hardcore. I don't. I 
I think they maybe say one swear. Maybe. Maybe. This mid-90s sports comedy film follows a misfit soccer team from the small town of Elma, Texas, as they go from a group of lazy students to town pride with the help of new teacher Anna Montgomery. Also, Steve Gutenberg is there. This... (laughs) We're going to talk a lot about Gutenberg. I can already feel it. Yes, we are. (laughs) This is the part of the show before we get to our general discussion where we share our personal histories with the topic. May, you brought the topic here. What is your history with the big green? Um, So I was, I don't want to say obsessed with it, but I was, it was, it was the staple of movies of my childhood. Like when going to Blockbuster, this is this is what I'd pick or one of the things I'd pick or like the first thing I wanted on VHS was the big green. And it was cool because there was girls that looked like me that played soccer and that they were edgy and angry and had brown ponytails. And they were like cool to like seven year old me or whatever. So it was, it was, you know, just a big staple of my childhood that you, the big green. I, I feel that because for me, it's sort of similar I don't mm-hmm. remember it much. I don't think I had maybe any level of obsession with it, but it also occupies a similar headspace as the movie Little Giants. Yeah. For... yeah, Or like the Sandlot. Like it's there and it's warm and fuzzy. Right. But the Sandlot's good. Uh, <laughs> and, and little... What are you saying, David? I'm saying Little Giants and and the Big Green kind of occupy the, the B tier. They are the B team of kids' sports movies. <gasps> I think Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield is in that same it, tier. Yeah, it it uh, it's oh. certainly on some tier. Uh, I, I don't have... Well, I've got to go now. God, is this what it's like for every guest? I mean, I've listened <laughs> to every single episode, so I would know. But... But Phil... The inquiring, so right now. Phil, inquiring minds want to know <laughs> the big green in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first time I saw this movie, and I I had a vague knowledge that this movie existed i rem i kind of remember seeing like the poster when this movie came out and i looked at it and i said oh it's you're killing me smalls um he's getting <laughs> mm-hmm. kicked in the yeah. in the belly um and that that is it that's i it looked it looked like a kid sports movie i think this is what 95 96 95 yeah somewhere in there. uh yeah i was right around 20 years old not and, not going uh, to, to the big green theater. It really, it really just sort of blipped on my radar. And I don't think if I, because, um, I mean, still being that age, I was a fan of the Sandlot, and I remembered that kid and how hilarious he was in the Sandlot. And I think that's the only reason I have any recollection of ever even seeing the poster for this movie. I don't think I ever saw a preview for it. I didn't know what it was about outside of it being a a kid's soccer movie. That's that's fair. I think yeah. that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, and I, I, if I was 20 years old when this movie came out, I would probably be the exact same way because mm-hmm. why would you have seen this? No. Uh, and, and also, like, by the time that you had kids and they were of an age, you know, seven, eight, or whatever, to, to see a movie like this, there's so much other stuff at that point. Yeah, this, this I think, was... It seems like this one didn't hang around in the way that something like The Sandlot did, um, where, or uh, when when I was seven, eight years old, like the Bad News Bears was probably this this much removed, but the the Bad News Bears was still around. 
mm-hmm. and still a thing that we were watching. And I, I, I feel like, yeah, this movie kind of uh, deservedly or not, I guess we'll get into that, uh, came and went. And yeah, it wasn't around when, when my kids were, you know, that was another five, six years when I was having kids. And they just, this movie wasn't there. But I can see how a six, seven, eight-year-old would latch on to this movie. Yes, Phil's ringing endorsement. This movie mm-hmm. was there. It exists. <laughs> this movie was there, and it was there for every six to eight-year-old in the country. Yes. And it was, in fact, a soccer movie for children. You know, you're stating facts. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, yes. I believe it said that on the poster. A soccer movie for children. <laughs> a soccer movie with that kid from the Sandlot. I mean. Which came first, the Sandlot or the Big Green? Uh, the uh, Sandlot. Okay. What what still endears in our heart is the Sandlot. The Sandlot. Uh, yeah, and that was that was part of why because the Sandlot was also a really big movie in my life. But I was like, no, the Sandlot gets so much love, deservedly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's highlight. Let's highlight a less known gem from the mid '90s. And that's that's exactly like what I the mindset I want people to have. Uh, where it's the only reason I did Aliens on this podcast is because JF is a it's a friend of mine and he's a great conversationalist, but he's not a nostalgic person. So I knew that when he said Aliens, anyone else I would have been like, no, we've we've all watched Aliens eighty times. Aliens is great, like the Sandlot. Sure. Which I, this is not the only time I have a whole lot of thoughts about the Sandlot in this movie. It's like <laughs> yeah, Sandlot is still great. Like, what are we? We're gonna watch it and be like, yep, I really enjoyed that. Right. Before we get too far. Down the mm-hmm. rabbit hole, though. Phil, can you tell us the world's history with the Big Green? Uh, sort of. Uh, the Big Green was shot in and around Austin, Texas in 1994. It was the first live-action Disney movie directed by a woman. It received okay reviews and did not perform well at the box office. That's it. That is all the history we could find on the Big Green. Yeah. Yeah. I I you know, I did some digging outside of my usual let's rewrite the production section of the Wikipedia article for this movie and there's not a whole lot out there. A history as deep as the plot of this film. Oh man. Oh. Before we uh, even get to the plot, I just This I, was the first directed by a a, a the fir- the first Disney movie directed by a woman. The first it live was... action one. Yeah. The first live action. Yeah, cuz I remember that popping up and like seeing that. I was like, oh, okay. "Oh, that's pretty interesting." And that was I think the only interesting like trivia tidbit that I saw other than like some of these like, people were also in the same right, lot exactly. together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Gutenberg gained 12 pounds to be in this movie. Right. Uh I, but before we get into the plot, what plot there is, the goat. I have to I have to start this conversation with the goat because there was a goat throughout this movie. Phil, you drew a goat uh, because it's like the mascot of this film. But at, yeah, Ernie. At, at no point is the goat explained. Is nope. the goat important to the plot in any way? It does play soccer at one point. Not enough to like put this in Airbud territory. It kicks a ball twice. I could not, for the life of me, figure out why is there this goat? It's Chekhov's goat. It, but it's not. What is it? Ever... It's not because it's never really explained or used. But can he's I, there. Can I, can, can I just say the goat was my favorite part of the movie? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. It was the the best joke in the movie. The one time mm-hmm. I laughed out loud in this movie is when they show up to their first game and the other team goes, they brought a goat and the girl <laughs> that's walking the goat says, 
We didn't bring him. He, he just was... came in the car. They brought a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he just happened to be in the car, okay? We didn't bring him on purpose. He was in the car. <laughs> I, I genuinely laughed. I thought that was a genuinely hilarious uh, uh, line of sass from that girl. And um, Like it explained yeah, everything. The... Like, oh, he was already in the car. No, yeah. We didn't that bring him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, there's just this goat. Either like the kids have the goat, but it's never explained to some one of them own the goat. It's tied up outside of school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At one point during class early on in the movie, uh, it makes a noise and all the kids are like, all right, cool. We're cutting class. Like I I would I would have loved at the end. They revealed the goat was like the mayor of the town. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he could be. There's no reason to think that he's not. Right. We don't know. It. I mean, he has a name. He's which in is, the credits. Which is more than most of the, the kids <laughs> in this movie. It, yes. <laughs> at, at one point, they referred to one of the kids by a name. And it was like tw- like five minutes left in the movie. And I was like, that is the first time we have ever acknowledged that child directly. <laughs> I mean, you can only give kids like so much before they just run with it. You know, you give them an inch, like a name. Miles. <laughs> That's why I've not named any of my children. Uh, See, smart move. Don't don't want them thinking that they're independent human beings. Uh, boy, that's going to be played in a court case one day. Don't worry, we know lawyers. Well, Your Honor, Your yeah. Honor. <laughs> Exhibit A through Z, Episode Thirty of Hit Me One More Time. <laughs> it's going to be this and the Ray Liotta clip. Oh, gonna be played against me. That's that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, also, the the goat, the goat. Oh, I love the goat. <laughs> the goat. So they're in this small town, Elma, Texas. This little fictional small town, uh, mm. which I I love that is supposed to kind of be this like podunk nowhere town. But there's not really, like, it's not really a bad place to, like, nobody's really unhappy except for uh, Jack Shepard's dad is, you know, sad and depressed because, quote, the factory closed. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ever since the, the plant closed down. Yeah. Therefore, I'm going to drink heavily. Well, what was the, and... what, hey, but May, what, what did the plant make? What goats. What did they manufacture? Goats. <laughs> it was a plant, and they made things there, and that's what's important. But the most important part is that it closed. Yes, and uh, and the town is still fine. Su- surprisingly sort of. diverse. Yeah, there is there is surprising diversity in this middle. Like they like just meet that diversity quota by like a hair. It's. It's the '90s diversity too. You can see this in yeah. Magic School Bus and uh, and uh, Captain Planet. It's like, all right, we have got uh, an Asian kid. Check. Mm-hmm. We have got a, a black person. Check. We have got a redheaded kid. Always, always a redheaded kid. In the '90s <laughs> diversity quota, there was always a redheaded kid. Always a ginger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, there were two two black characters. Yeah, they were twins. Twins. Yeah, Sherry and Terry uh, from The Simpsons, but <laughs> yes, uh, African American. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, the twins were fun. They were fun. They had they had asthma, and that was that was their redeeming quality. That and then the their redeeming. names rhyme. Hold up, there was the redeeming quality. I guess not redeeming quality, but that was like the, the, 
that the was their individual asked, yes that was uh, their individual trait that was they're the trying thing to figure out what was special out. about all of them and they're like yes. we have asthma. asthma and it's like that's very strange and they both were having asthma attacks at the exact same time yeah they both needed their rescue inhalers <laughs> at that exact moment in time oh, at that point it's a cry for help if, if one's yeah. doing it the other's just doing it <laughs> it's but a placebo Right, but they could both play soccer and not need their inhaler the entire soccer match. Well, yeah, because soccer, you have to be able to run for, for one hour. Mm-hmm. We're about 20 minutes into this podcast. It was about roughly 20 minutes into this movie before soccer ever came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it's appropriate now for us to, to mention that. I kept wondering in the beginning of this movie, <laughs> I kept wondering in the beginning of this movie, when is anybody going to mention soccer? Mm-hmm. Well... It gets brought up. It's, so, David, you have never seen this movie before this, no, then. I'd seen this movie. Okay, you I haven't. Seen this se- movie. I haven't seen it in years. Phil's Phil's never. I've seen never. It. I've never seen Phil. it. Phil's the okay. weirdo who never saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who really. never saw the child <laughs> soccer movie? Gosh, Phil, get it together. Well, um, I started to watch it once, but I got terrified by the bird attack at the very beginning. And, oh, uh, oh my god! They were just feeding the bird. <laughs> Is that not what you guys did for fun in your tiny, small Texas town? I well, okay. I know. I know you were going to say something about the soccer, but I do want to go back to that opening scene yeah. where mm-hmm. they, these kids get together and pour Cheetos over each other. Yeah. And I thought, like, this is the weirdest way that these kids hang out and eat Cheetos ever because they're ruining right. so, so many good Cheetos. It's it's the annual thing they do every week when they get their allowance. Yeah, uh, actually. And then they like birds eat Cheetos off of them. Mm-hmm. I don't see any issues here. I I had some big issues. Um, I mean, okay. So as someone who like works in public health, I have a lot of issues with this. But as like an individual exactly who enjoys where I'm at. Like, birds goofy. are disgustingly filthy. Birds are very gross. Please don't do this. Um, <laughs> but as someone who enjoys cheesy soccer movies. Where kids like to pour Cheetos on themselves to feed birds as this part is, of the plot. This is becoming very narrow, <laughs> very specific, <laughs> laser focused. You know, I, you know what movie. I know what I like. I know what I like, it's, and it, it's it needs a goat. It, it needs, needs soccer. Goat. It needs it Cheetos. It needs, it needs bird birds. feeding, and an attractive British woman to tie it all together. God bless her. You know, I was halfway through this movie before I realized that's the sister from the Wonder Years. I thought you were going to say before I realized she was British and I was going to. Oh, no. <laughs> no, she had to be British to introduce soccer to this town, which had never heard of it somehow. Yes, because soccer is only for foreigners. We don't play soccer. Yeah, it's for foreigners. I'm a foreigner. Well, we're American and we don't like soccer. That's right. Oh my God, this movie. This movie is just <laughs> that. I I did a almost did a literal spit take when he said soccer's for foreigners. I was like, oh my God, what is this movie? <laughs> and we're and we're Americans. And then I forgot about that until <laughs> until near the end of the movie, where uh, where Christian Shepherd is drinking in a bar um, as he has wont to do in all of his roles, right. uh, and. They, I, I can't remember the exact lines, and I'm glad that I don't because, oh boy, when they start talking about foreigners and how they're yeah. probably illegal and like, are oh. they all? Probably not even legal. <laughs> Doubt it. Most foreigners aren't. I hear you. Yeah, it goes. It gets. It goes. It gets. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what the goat's for. You know, we're like, we're going to be mildly, you know what? We're going to be pretty racist and xenophobic. Have a goat. 
What's like, more see, look, we're going to distract you with a goat. And it didn't, it didn't quite pay off, I feel like. But yeah, they... Yeah, it gets it gets sticky. Let's just say that it's, it gets sticky. A little bit, a little well, bit. And it's like it's it, it's also jarring because it's not a running theme. It's not no. throughout the movie. They don't ever really look down on one. His legal status is never really brought up until the last like twenty ish minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, his legal status is is that he's an American citizen. It's just his mother. But like that never comes up in the movie until just all of a sudden somebody's like, "Oh, they're four and they must be illegal." She's like, "Whoa! Oh, what a gigantic leap we've made!" <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, because you know they're not white and they just moved into town, so you know. A plus B equals racist. Yep. Well, I yeah. think that was my one of my biggest mm-hmm. issues with this movie. Um, I mean, the the weird xenophobia, of course, mm-hmm. but like the the this movie wanted to be like a zany cartoon of itself. There's like cartoon sound effects and like weird, yes. like fast motion. Yeah. And then it wants to be like a family drama about a bro, uh, you know, an alcoholic father. And then it wants to be like this social message about uh, having a, an easier path to immigration. You know, like it's, it's this very, it's all over the place mm-hmm. and it doesn't do any of those things well. So <laughs> it just almost like it just touches on these things and then it hits a checklist of like, Oh, Juan's not allowed to play soccer. He's never really, like they want that to be like the Jimmy from Hoosiers storyline, but instead of giving it a real good like character moment of why Jimmy doesn't play basketball in Hoosiers, they just go, "Oh, my mom just doesn't want me to play," and that's that's it. That's the entire yeah, that's reason. It. And it, then everyone's it, just like, "Oh, that tracks." Like right. no one cares yeah, about that. Nobody, nobody has any issue no one with has it. Any, and yeah. I think if they had just stuck with like, "Hey, let's just make a zany, goofy comedy about yes. a kids' soccer team," I think it would have done a million times better. To just be like, let's just be the goofy, cartoony movie we know in our hearts will do okay. Like, it'll be silly and people are going to roll their eyes. But, like, it won't be uncomfortable at certain moments. There's no one right. in the theater going to be like, oh, I definitely love the alcoholic dad character. <laughs> that somehow gets redeemed within 30 seconds. Just like, by showing up. Just, yeah. just by showing up Doing the once. bare minimum. Doing the ba- By tucking in his shirt and showing up to his daughter's <laughs> soccer, soccer not- game. Like. By not being drunk for five minutes. Right. Oh, no, he was drunk. Right. <laughs> Make <mean>, no mistake. <laughs> he just tucked yeah. his shirt in. You're right. <laughs> he the, Okay, and that brings me to a major point of this movie. Just kind of everything. We're, no, actually, not, not exactly that. But it's kind of what we're talking about here. It's that this movie has no stakes. At no mm-hmm. point are there any stakes right. to the movie. At no point do they have to win the game in order to reopen the plant. Uh, the youth center is never going to be closed. Even Juan's like mom of like, I don't want him playing. As soon as kids are like, can he please play with us? She's like, okay, fine. Yeah, no problem. The, the yeah. last, the last match, you even have Steve Gutenberg and, um, and um, I'm blanking on her name and Olivia uh, Diabo being like, it doesn't matter if you win. Doesn't matter at all. Right. You, you could <laughs> lose and we wouldn't care. We will still love you. I think here's the thing though. There are stakes and the stakes are self-esteem. But are they need they? this win. Just go with me on this wild ride for a second. <laughs> okay. These kids at the beginning are like, don't worry about us. We're losers. And at the end, they realize they're winners. They needed that win so that they could, you know, maybe do something with their life at 
some point in the future because sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are absolutely in their prime for decision making territory. But it's just the self esteem. That's where the stakes were at. But no, and I'm really grasping at straws. Because <laughs> no kid, no kid at any point, like even even if if uh, the the one girl with the alcoholic dad lost, mm-hmm. like he wasn't like, hey, I'll stop drinking if you win this match. Like, there's nothing, no right. relationship. The the only thing is that uh, Olivia Diablo might have to kiss the, the kiss, one guy, yeah. kiss yeah, kiss the kind of slimy guy, which. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so no stakes. I'm gonna... may, may ask the woman, please comment on that. <laughs> yeah. It felt a little a little gross. I mean, I did like the line when he's like, I'm divorced, and she's like, This is Ernie, our mascot. He's, he's divorced all, yeah, too. He's like I did divorced. like that line, like that was really funny to me. Um but it uh, Oh my god, that's the point of the goat. He had that's to the be there it's, for it's, the yeah, kiss. At the, the kiss at the very like, end. It was, yeah. uh, but this like also this weird forced romantic tension between the stalkery sheriff. No <laughs> tension. She shows up and she's pretty and new and is like, I'm a soccer coach now because she's hot. Like that's that's his whole thing. That's his whole reason for being right. there. I thought there was going to be like you know, he's a little bit like overweight, kind of lazy. I thought there'd be this whole thing where we learn a little bit about. We don't learn anything about any of these characters at no. all. There's nope. no backstory to any of them, aside from um, Steve Gutenberg is a terrible driver and likes putting kids in danger. One of my mm-hmm. favorite moments was him driving backwards and just moving that wheel all around as yes. if that was doing anything. But then, then he's he's dri- he's letting kids drive his cop car around an empty field. I I did like that part. Uh, I I. I... Full disclosure, that is how I learned to drive. I learned to drive the local a, sheriff. Uh, no, but my my dad let me drive his truck through a wide open field, um, and so it, that yeah, when I was probably about that same age. So I I got I got a little uh, nostalgic for my own uh, uh, white trash past in, uh, <laughs> in watching that scene, but. Uh, Seems to be that scene seems so out of place. They're like, what stupid it's, thing that, can that we do is, real quick? Yeah. Like, let's just shove a bunch of the kids in the cop car and just have at it. The the best part of it, though, is in any of the wide shots where you can see oh, yeah. the kid that's supposed to be the driver is clearly an, an adult. An adult man. Just wearing the same like a hat. bad wig. Not even yeah. like a good wig. Like, it is a bad, like, they got it at a Halloween store real quick, shook it from the bag and just placed it on the guy's head. Yeah. And again, that's the the only, like, why does she like him at the end? Because he's co-coaching soccer? Yep, that's it. That's what women, as a woman, like 90% of the time, I will say this. If a man just shows up after bothering me during a workout and is like, I'm going to coach soccer with you, um, I'm instantly going to fall in love because that's how that works, apparently. I mean, I know. I mean, I didn't know. Take that, Tinder. Take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to go for a jog, and whichever guy in a car creepily follows me, Drives. and as long as we become coaches together in some sense, it's, you know, it's love, So obviously. I, I just have this picture in my head of you, like, just going on runs kind of near your house, and then, like, signing up to coach softball for inner city kids and then dropping out like the free the, the immediately <laughs> as soon as the guy doesn't show up. Like I thought yeah. we had a real connection. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. 
So yeah, I just that never is a thing. Like it just. You don't like when guys drive backwards to talk to you during your workout. You know, I don't usually. It's, I mean, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I don't at all. Yeah, no, for what sure. A bold statement. That runs counter to all my uh, all my strategies that right. I've learned from watching '90s children's movies about. Right. That's what, you know, that's where I learned how to meet women. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's a tried and true, unfortunately type of thing but that's the thing it's like okay i'm starting the recording and do you remember where what you were saying what you were starting to say relationshipy stuff uh talk about gutenberg stalking that woman yeah and how it could have been cute and organic and they could have found a way to do that but they they didn't find they didn't no they didn't let me ask this question who is this movie about and don't say the kids don't say the soccer team i like narrow in anybody here for me who it's is gutenberg. this it's about gutenberg Sh- sure you just, i'm i'm saying this first and loud and fast because i can't think of anything else besides gutenberg the goat or the kids and you've already taken the kids off the table for me it's just that no one has an arc there's no one Mm-mm. this goes back to the stakes thing but also in, in the way of like this, this isn't like there's no there's no one like the it's not really about the alcoholic father and in, in the daughter because that doesn't really ever go anywhere or resolve in any sort of meaningful way aside from him tucking in the shirt and showing up. It's not really mm-hmm. about Gutenberg because his life seems mostly fine except for the fact that he's just a small town sheriff. I get... I, I get... I get uh, I, this is like trying to figure out who the main character of The Phantom Menace is. It's, it's, it's the all Phantom of Menace, these... Right? It's all of these characters yeah. and they all have equal, they, there's like one story and they all just sort of split carrying the load of the story, hmm. but it's all so weak and thin and, and barely held together that you can't really tell like who has the stakes, who has the character development, who has anything. And at the end of the day, it's none of them. <laughs> like it just, you, you get to the end and you're like, oh, well the teacher brought soccer to these kids. And then she's um, leaving. That's the thing, though. They never address that. Yeah, she she, she didn't grow at all. Gutenberg didn't no. grow at all. I guess the kids, if we want to go, but May, it, you brought up the self-esteem. Uh, uh, you know, I guess they had the most character development, maybe. Mm-hmm. It just felt like one big origin story <laughs> where it was like, here, have 30 <laughs> characters that are brand new. We're going to give them each one personality trait that some of them might share. They might share that personality trait. And then uh, we're just going to let it go hog wild. Like it just, it felt, you know what I mean? In that like origin story esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that yeah. explains why the entire soccer team was in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. It really. Yeah. Uh... They showed up at the final fight and they scored that point <laughs> against Thanos. Yeah. It's I... the prequel to Suicide Squad. So. See now, now I'm back on board. This is this is <laughs> sounding great. Even even like the arc of of uh, the the Sandlot kid who was uh, like the goalie. He's the only one oh, yeah. has any sort of arc. But then again, he's not an ineffective goalie 100 percent of the time. No, just or like ever. I'm led to believe that that shot he blocked in the championship game was the first shot he blocked the entire season. Yeah, they kind of lead you to believe that he has screwed up the entire time. And literally, it was just them outscoring the other team. It's how they got wins. 
Yeah, they had like a nearly undefeated season. Yeah, after losing, they lose two games, and after that, they just skyrocket to winning to- because they got a Hispanic young man to play on the team. Like it was. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, was- but when you phrase it like that, it literally was like, "Oh, look, Juan knows how to play soccer." Of course, he's not American, but he is American. He is American. Well, he said everybody. Of- he said everybody in El Paso played. That's right. Which is That's right. Yeah. as close as you can get to Mexico in. <laughs> yeah. And then so it was just like, oh, okay. It was very much it. My first thought was of Hamilton and like immigrants. We get the job done. And I was like, yeah, because of them, they can now play soccer. But it's like, then the minute he's gone, they're like, well, we're terrible. Life yeah. is garbage. Better well, give up. And, there, and there's like the <laughs> the the girl uh, of of the team or like the one who the, with the with the dad. Um, with the alcoholic dad, I'll, I'll narrow in. Uh, mm-hmm. She looks at him one time, and then apparently you're supposed to infer from that. Right, she's in love with him. Uh, never comes back up until all of a sudden she's like, you left without saying goodbye. And he's like, next time yeah. I'll take you with me. I was like, okay, whoa, calm down. Okay, y'all are <laughs> like 12. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe don't. I mean, also... This bothered me when I first started watching because I didn't remember this detail. She's sitting in class when we first meet here with a pocket knife in the yeah. classroom, like carving in the desk. And she does this multiple times. And I'm like, who is letting this like 11, 12 year old just hang out with a knife in class? Oh, who's going to stop her? Her dad? That's true. He's drunk. Yeah. He's... And she just hangs out at the gas station the rest of the time. So mm-hmm. where her divorce or her mom works. And I think the mom, see, this is what also got me because I started getting confused again, trying to draw lines. In the end, I think her mom started dating the guy who runs the bar, who's also the goalie, Larry's dad. Larry's dad, yeah. And so I was like, Jeez, you paid, this- you both paid way more attention to this movie than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep in mind, I remember, I've seen this probably a hundred times when I was a kid. So me watching it again, I can sort of pick up on the, I guess smaller details, and so I was like, "So does that make Larry like her stepbrother now?" That never gets acknowledged. I mean, granted, nothing gets acknowledged in this movie, but like, or answered. There, are, like, so many questions, very few answers. Wow, this is like Game of Thrones. We're gonna need a I chart to track all these characters. And you know, I've got yarn. I'm just gonna do get some yes. get a conspiracy <laughs> board going to try to unravel <laughs> the mysteries of Elma, Texas. Yeah. This must have just osmosis its way in because i have to admit um i was on my phone a lot while this movie was playing I mean, that's fair <laughs> yeah. what, what would what would you have missed but, uh, this this movie just had a, it really had an uphill battle of keeping my attention uh it, i it, after about after about 15 minutes i was like yeah this is this is gonna be a a big chore for me <laughs> See, for part of me, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, my God, I remember this. I remember that. And then I start watching it. And I'm like, "Ooh, cringe. Ooh, cringe. Oh, I, oh, this is different now that I'm in my 30s. OK. It's 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 it, it became progressively less adorable as I continued to watch it. And I was like, oh, I remember how cute this was and this and that and the kids and the whatever. And it just it was a it was a slope down into cringeville for me. Before before I get to uh, Sandlot, because I, I do want to talk about my thoughts at Sandlot and this movie, mm. um, 
Another thing that really struck me, going back to everything we've talked about, where nothing matters in this movie, absolutely nothing matters, is uh, other movies. I can think even Little Giants. I remember in Little Giants, there is a little bit of tension of like, you have girls on the team. That's not allowed. In this, they show up to the first game and the guy's like, you have girls on the team and you have kids of all different ages. And they're like, yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, she signs them up for like a soccer league. I, okay, so she Real takes quick. she takes them yeah. outside to go play soccer, mm-hmm. then gathers them together and is like, all right, I signed you up. I don't know when. I didn't go to take a phone call or anything. It's the 90s, so right. cell phones don't exist. But somehow, I've signed you up for this league. The first game is tomorrow. No parental permission. Uh-huh. It just was a spur-of-the-moment yeah. soccer league. Apparently, they're not doing any schoolwork anymore. They're just playing yeah. soccer. Yeah. I mean, well, they... I'm not, I'm trying to defend this movie part of me because, like, it was like it, special to me as a child. But the more I try, the more there's that little voice in my head that's like, sweetie, you don't need to do that. And, and honey, you don't got to do that anymore. <laughs> let it go. Give in to the hate. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm never going to hate this movie, but I will. I don't know. It, there's just, well, also just, uh, ugh. It's just so, it's just so, uh. Obviously, obviously, we're adults nitpicking. A little right. bit, but also I think at the same time, uh, there's good reason to kind of dunk on this film a little bit. Film is generous. <laughs> on this <laughs> 93 minutes of our time. Right. It was like, were things just like, you start to notice things where it's like, did they just load up a bunch of kids and just drive them across mm-hmm. the state to Austin? They did. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure even in the 90s, you didn't just do that. <laughs> You didn't just go, all right, kids, it's fine. We separated the girls and the boys, so it's totally okay. It, it's like the first episode of uh, Greatest American Hero, which we watched for this podcast. He, first day of being a teacher at that school, he's like, okay, I'm going to get all the kids into a, a bus, and we're going to go drive into the desert until nighttime. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that is that is the part of the plut of the first episode. And it's like and they don't ever explain why they're like the field trip, quote unquote. Uh it's very bizarre. There's this weird thing in, in movies now I'm realizing in TV shows, media in general, where it's like, well, your your parents won't care. Just get in this car with me, a vague authority fixture uh, authority figure, and we can go wherever. It won't matter. Yeah. It's totally fine. It's for it's for soccer. If my So you if, know it's legit. If any of my teachers we're like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive you to another city now. I'd be like, I have to call my parents. Yeah. Right. Like I definitely <laughs> am a hundred percent thinking I should not do that. Like even little kid me that would have been excited to do, I don't know, play sports or whatever, would have been like, I don't think I'm supposed to just get in a car. I'm pretty sure Stranger Danger is like blaring right now. Like just you don't just get in cars. Yeah, for sure. I I grew up uh, 10 years prior to this movie. I grew up in the, in the eighties in a very small town, uh, very much like this. My Mm -hmm. parents knew all my teachers. My parents went to school with a lot of my teachers. And you fed pigeons by pouring Cheetos on yourself. And I was terrified of pigeons actually, uh, because I was told how (laughs) filthy they were. (laughs) But um, yeah, even, even then if a teacher was not going to say, Hey, just getting in, in my car, we're driving to a town an hour away and you're going to play soccer. I'll talk to your parents later. It'll be fun. Like even, even then that was, was not going to happen. So yeah, it, 
it did uh, uh, strike me, even with movie logic, that it was insane to just say, okay, I started a soccer league. You're all participating. Our first game is tomorrow. No questions asked. Let's go. Guys, I figured right. it out. I, fi- mm-hmm. I Everything oh. now makes sense to me. Please. Okay. Ernie yeah. the Goat. He, while they were while they were learning a little bit about soccer, he was calling up and signing, starting the league. He then called all the parents, got all of their permissions. Why did Why did Christian Shepherd show up to the last, uh, the last game? Ernie called him because Ernie went, got him sober, got him into a. Ernie is his sponsor. He's a sponsor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's all come clear to me now. Any little hole in this movie. How did Ernie, yes. Ernie. How did Ernie Steve Gutenberg go. find like uh find Juan and his mom at the end? Because Ernie, Ernie. knew where Ernie. to go. How Ernie, did this movie yeah. get greenlit? Ernie, he's Ernie. a producer. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he made it happen. This movie was directed by a goat. Wait a minute. What? What? I also feel like there some time ago while we've been discussing this, David kept trying to say, before we get to the plot, I want to discuss this. And we have just bypassed the idea uh-huh. of having a plot. At I, I mean, at this just point, what am I a plot? Just... Well, the movie bypassed having a plot. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly true. feel like I need to go pick a better movie and redeem myself <laughs> at some point. And be like, Look, I didn't bring completely hot garbage this time. I mean, it's not, this actually, this, uh, it's not this movie is garbage. It has moments that are enjoyable it's just so much of it is forgettable and there's a couple of really bad moments of racism and and xenophobia um Mm -hmm. but aside from and also 90s haircuts just a real who's who of 90s haircuts oh boy on that that the knights that team of the the evil team oh yeah all i think i had some of those haircuts they that was rough to to look at today uh and yes, you're right. I keep bypassing the thing I'm going to say. So to roughly sum up my thoughts on the Sandlot, uh, the Sandlot had, uh, first of all, didn't focus on try to focus erroneously on any family plot whatsoever. Laser focused in on a relatable problem. They lost the ball. We have to get the ball back. Uh, it's important to Dennis Leary. And if I lost anything important to Dennis Leary, I want to get that back. I don't need oh, that guy yeah. yelling Wait, at Dennis me. Dennis Leary was the stepdad in that movie? Dennis Leary yeah. was the stepdad in the Sandlot. Oh yeah. my God, I did. Sorry, no, mind blown. I'd never really thought about it because I haven't watched it in so and long. And Karen Allen was the mom from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, just on all points, everything we've talked about, yeah. stakes, writing, stakes. character yeah. development, Sandlot checks all those boxes. That's all. Comedy. Comedy, yes. Comedy. Right, and it has the scary villain, the the neighbor with the big dog. And the then, dog, James yeah. Earl the Jones. It's got James Earl Jones. Does not have Ernie the goat, which is now becoming a detriment in my book. I mean, well, they had a dog, a very large dog. So I feel like this was really uh, the Sandlot comparison is a great one because I think this movie was trying so hard yes. to be the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sandlot is kind of a series of vignettes uh, with a plot that strings them together. And this movie is actually like the driving sequence. All of these weird little, the the montage of playing soccer in the rain. It's mm-hmm. a series of vignettes, but they, they don't feel connected at all. I feel like it could have made a cute TV show for kids. Like if you just broke it possibly, up. Possibly, yeah. Like a yeah. like a just a mini series of like or or shorts that aired on the Disney Channel between shows, you know, something like that that would keep a kid's even, attention and keep them coming back for that. Right. Even if winning the game wasn't the ultimate goal, that was just the framework of everything. 
you could mm-hmm. you could dive into deeper on some of these kids' families because this movie opens on the four kids who are going to pour Cheetos over themselves, uh, mm-hmm. but the, but then they're just kind of around for the rest of it. They don't really ever we don't learn anything about their lives except for apparently that uh, one of them's dad is a, is the bar owner. Uh, you could have given. D- Divin, good lord, this movie is killing my brain cells. Uh, <laughs> could have dived deeper into the the family trauma plot of the plant closing and Christian Shepherd becoming a, an abusive alcoholic, or at least emotionally abusive. Like, yeah. it, it, there's so many things that, yeah, with more time and better writing, they really could have like dove into. Why but is, who's got time? Why is to Steve Gutenberg right? Why is Steve Gutenberg still there after all this time? Because he's passionate. Are you talking about in uh, Hollywood or in? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, this is a, this is we do not hate on Steve Gutenberg here. We mildly tolerate him. Weirdly, our first Gutenberg appearance on this podcast. You would think a nostalgia podcast. Gutenberg, Boy, he about. should be all over that. Yeah. yeah. But let me tell you, people, when we when we do a series on the Police Academy movies, that's when you know this movie's in its yes. death throes. That's when you know we are scraping the barrel. We're doing Mission to Moscow. Go ahead and just oh. put a put a bullet in this podcast and call it done. Hey, Police Academy is quality film movies. It's one of those it's one of those movies like Stripes where it's weirdly its own sequel. The mm-hmm. last 40 minutes of that movie are weirdly a whole other movie. Yeah. I mean, Bobcat Goldthwait. It's an entire different movie, yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> That's true. It did give us Bobcat Goldthwait. Right? Uh, I, I, I want to chime in just real quick on, on The Sandlot before we steer too far away. Mm-hmm. I talked about how I dismissed this movie because I was 20, 21 years old when it came out. I was in high school when The Sandlot came. I was like a senior in high school, and me and my buddies went to the movie theater and specifically to watch The Sandlot. Like, mm-hmm. that something about that movie, uh, just even the preview were like, oh, you know, we played Little League ball, you know, 10 years ago. Let's go watch this. And we had a blast, and we loved it. Uh, you know, so it, at the very least, the the Sandlot marketed itself better as a comedy and made us interested in seeing it, even though we weren't the target audience for that. Well, the, uh, yeah. Go ahead, David. I was going to say, the Sandlot's got some universal qualities to it of like, even if you've never lost your stepdad's, uh, was it Ken Griffey Jr. signed ball? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth yeah. Okay. It's been a while. Since I've seen I don't know why movie. I got okay. so offended about that. But... I mean, that's fair. I should have known that detail. <laughs> but like you, we've all lost a ball over a fence. We've lost a Frisbee on a roof. We've, yeah. we've mm-hmm. lost something in, or gotten in a situation where it's like, well, I'm going to get killed once they find out that this is missing. Right. Uh, something, something like that that has that universal quality where I didn't grow up in a podunk town in Texas. No. Well, also, like with the Sandlot, you had the wacky hijinks. Everyone loves wacky yeah. hijinks, but like it was pertinent to the plot hijinks. Yeah. Like, when did you get for court? To try and get the ball back. And it was about, about yeah. friends. And I just didn't feel like these kids were friends right. throughout this. Like, there's, there was no connection. They were in the same place doing the same thing. But like, and they were saying words that were, were words that friends would say. But I just, they didn't do the work to actually make those connections and sell them. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. And I think not only us as adults can react to that, but I think 
anybody can react to that. You know, obviously there's stuff when you're a little kid that makes this mildly funny enough for May to have rented it a hundred times. But there <laughs> came me, I own this on VHS. But there came a point where you stopped watching it and really if it hadn't been for this podcast, may never have watched it again. Probably not. Where something like the Sandlot, I will watch with my kids. Like I know I will. Oh, yeah. Like they're gonna they're gonna see it. So I guess this is as good a time as any now, as we're, we're starting to kind of veer that way anyway, where we just ask the question, is this worth visiting today or does it stay in the Hall of Memory? May, you brought this here to us. What do you think? Um, I think I think watching again as an adult, I think if I had not seen it and I had kids, I would have been like, oh my gosh, kids, we're going to watch this. But now that I've seen it again as an adult, it's like maybe... Maybe we just keep it locked away in that memory vault. Just just keep it just keep it over here where no one can see it or acknowledge it. And I'm just going to push the sandlot back out there. Like I will make my kids watch the sandlot cuz it is such a good quality fun movie. If they were to happen upon the big green, I'm not going to say no, but I don't think I'm going to I think this is just a, a cute memory for me. I don't think it's it it can, it can go. Yeah. It can, it can go. It, it can leave now. Get out. I'm I'm with you on the. If my kids were to stumble upon this movie, if they were to be, you know, going through Disney Plus and decide, hey, I want to watch this soccer movie. Sure, why not? It's sure. it's uh, like Mr. Popper's Penguins. Our our general consensus on that was like, if if my kids had to read it, sure, I guess. But I'm not right. going to put this in front of them. I see no yeah. reason to. Right. And that's definitely where I'm I'm falling on this as well. Like as an adult, it was fun to watch to talk about this podcast. If I mm-hmm. I would not have any if I had watched everything else on every other streaming service, it's like, well, I guess I have to watch the big green now <laughs> because what else am I gonna do with my time? Uh sure. But otherwise, no. Phil, your thoughts? Uh, no, no. Keep this thing <laughs> locked away. Uh, um, this was my first and last viewing of, of, of this movie. I, I can honestly see how this would be appealing to a kid, like I said earlier. You know, and I don't fault you for having fond memories of this, May. Like, seriously, like, we all watched some garbage movie when we were kids that mm-hmm. just appealed to you before, you know, you had nitpicky right sensibilities. And, uh, but... Yeah, uh, same thing. My kids never watched this movie. You know, I'll, I'll uh, probably have grandkids someday. And if they, they wanted, hey, grandpa, watch this movie. Well, you know, you don't deny your grandkids anything. But like, it's, uh, yeah, it's nothing I'm, I am I would, uh, like you said, I wouldn't put it in front of them. I wouldn't say, yeah, yeah, watch this. I mean, there's so much better mm-hmm. uh, kids entertainment. I think I think Disney Plus is doing a lot to shred memories of people who are finding <laughs> a lot of Disney live action stuff from like when I I went and tried to watch The Black Hole when we first got Disney oh, Plus. Yeah. And good lord is that thing I'm still getting the smell out of my house. It's <laughs> it's a really like there are some things from your childhood that are just better left alone and I I kind of feel like this might be one of them. Yeah. yeah. I came on this podcast to have a good time and I'm honestly feeling really attacked right now, but you know, like, oh, it'll be fun. It's a nostalgia podcast with my good, good friend who I've known many, many years, who I go way back with. 
And then I come here and just get crapped on. And it's just, you know, but I hate to admit that I'm agreeing with y'all about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I mean, that's the double-edged sword of nostalgia, right? It's, you don't want to really revisit those things. Uh, And Phil, I'm disappointed to hear this is not going to be episode one of season two of of the picture show. Uh, It is not. I, we, you know, we keep a couple vetoes in our back pockets for when, uh, when we don't like what the other ones bring into the table, but, and if if that was to come up, I think I would I would throw a veto down on well, that. Now I got now I have to ask. Uh, have you has there been any vetoes in the first? Season? No, there no there hasn't. Uh, uh, we basically have uh, brought some good stuff to the table season one, so we haven't had to we haven't had to do that yet. Uh, well, look for that in season two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I do want to redeem myself though. At some point, I need to I need to pick something trashy but good. I mean, I don't there's... know. This was my second choice. I will say that this was my second choice because I felt like it would be less cringy than my first choice. And I'm honestly rethinking that now. <laughs> I mean, both were going to be good discussions and we'll, we'll, oh, we won't God. say it just in case you, you, know, you decide mm-hmm. to do it next time that you're on here. Um, but also, I don't, I don't think you don't have to redeem yourself. The whole point of this podcast is let's watch that thing that I kind of remember really liking as a kid and see how it holds up. Like, no, no I need to win podcasting, okay. David. I've got some news <laughs> for you. Uh, that's not gonna happen the more famous you get in podcasting the more people hate you look at chris hardwick and joe rogan (laughs) yeah i hate those guys exactly fair enough Oh, that's going to do it for us today and the Big Green. Listeners, if you have memories of it, if you think we're way off, if you want to share your Ernie conspiracy theories, you can do that by going to hitmeonemoretime.com. You can find our email address and all of our socials there to interact with us. We love when you do. Please do it. May, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was despite, you know, being a little dunked on. It was a lot of fun. I never uh, attacked you. I, well, I, I, you know, I take things personally. Ernie the goat is a very good friend of mine, and I just, oh, you that... know, it's a sensitive topic. Were yeah. you the director of this movie, May? Are you the first female live-action director from Disney? You know, I can't comment on that, but I will say I did have a good time. Thank you so much for having me on here. Where can people find you, and and should you wish to be found, and the socially plagued podcast? Yes. Um, should you wish to find me, my Twitter handle is um, maybe mayhem, but it's spelled M-A-E-H-E-H-E-M. Um, and then you can find Socially Plagued um, on Twitter and Instagram, just at Socially Plagued. Um, and we're just come check us out. We've only got a few episodes, but we're recording more and doing more. And um, we, w- we would love to have you come listen and be our friend. Check it out, people. Phil. Where can people find you if for some reason they don't know by now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at philrude.com or you can find me on my podcast, The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude, where my son and I watch movies and talk about them. And thank you, Phil, for being here again today. Oh, thanks for having me. If anybody thinks I was too hard on this movie, direct your comments to Nick Siramuxness yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> that is at N I C K. Sarah Mooksness. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Just yeah. like that. Hey, if people want to find me, you can do so around the internet under the username Davluz. That's D A V L U Z. Twitter, Instagram. Find me there. 
Thank you so much for listening. Today we do this show for you, and we do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!